Hello, folks. Welcome to this week's edition of Campus Kings. Uh, we had a wild, wild week in college football. Quite honestly, one of the most memorable weeks out of any college football weekend in at least co- post-COVID, uh, you know, memory, pre and post-COVID memory. I'd say we'd have to shoot back a long while to find a weekend that was this much fun. Um Plenty of games that just had some crazy endings uh, in <clears throat> probably the most unbelievable. I wouldn't even say unbelievable. I think they deserve due credit. This is this week's Campus Kings of the Week. Please, Steve, tell us who is our Campus King. So every week I'm going to nominate someone who made their entire campus feel that much better after football a lot of people like to just downplay the importance of sports, but you know, sometimes big win, everybody on campus is just feeling a little bit happier the next week. Yeah. This week, it's the obvious one, the Tennessee volunteers for ending the streak <laughs> of losing to Nick Saban coach Alabama teams, uh, smoking the cigars, charging the field. They were having the best time of their lives on Saturday night. Um, I saw dads getting hugged. Grandpa's getting hugged. Field goal posts were thrown in the river. The SEC <laughs> shorts was made entirely about that game. Uh, yep. So, and everybody on Tennessee is just feeling a little bit better. And uh, they made Alabama fans into salty fans for at least one week. Oh uh, yeah. And so, um, anybody who can do that is a is great in my book. So, shout out to Tennessee, man. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where like this week is just it's got to be hell for Alabama fans. I mean, it's, it, this is, this is a game that they were like fully expecting to be like cautious of, I think even with most Alabama fans being as belligerent, like, and just annoying as they are, I still think there was a like cautious optimism about this game. And quite honestly, they got it like handed to them. Like I think Tennessee won this game, like fair and square. There wasn't like any doubt. I think at this, at this point in the game, like Alabama fans, they made Alabama fans pick apart every millisecond of this game and be like, well, look at this call. What if this call with this, that is not an Alabama thing to do. So like you said, if you can get them to do that, you're definitely walking with your head high. And I mean, this is a, this is a game that you and I, even as not as Alabama, well, clearly not as Alabama fans, uh, but clearly not even as like Tennessee fans. This is a game that like people who don't follow that team will remember for their entire lifetime. Like I remember watching the game when Tennessee beat Alabama and like the entire state went ballistic. Like there was people over here. Like I remember not more than 10 minutes after the game. Like I live like in, you know, Eastern Nashville area. So we're good three hours from Knoxville. There's a lot of Tennessee fans here. I heard fireworks going off about 10 minutes after that game ended. I kid you not. So like it's it's definitely a win for the state here. It's just a national holiday. Like the state of Tennessee might have just well it's just shut down except for Memphis because they couldn't enjoy that one. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but man, I was just happy for them. Um, they they also have a semi bye week this week because they play an FCS team because they great scheduling. They, yeah, because <laughs> they knew they know from the their past that. They got so hyped up for the Alabama game, they lose, and then they have to go right back into SEC play again. Mm-hmm. You get a week to just calm down and play uh, Tennessee Martin, so in-state rivalry game. But um, I, I think Tennessee should come out on top on that one. So uh, shout-out to them, man. They must be feeling just 
I don't know, in hog heaven right now. And yeah. the, the way they're dreaming about stuff is just crazy. But that leads me into my next point, Justin, um, that I want to just gripe about with you uh, for a little bit. Um, can we at least give it until November before we start talking about the, the playoff? Like, does it really have to be everything just one of three te- teams or four yeah. teams from the SEC? Like, guys, there's six more games left to be played. There's seven more weeks of football. Let me just enjoy the football while we have it right now. Yeah. Enjoy every Saturday waking up and there's a million games on. Like, I'm... can I just enjoy <laughs> that for right now before we just think about, like, the end of the season already? Like, I, there's a reason why the playoff rankings don't come out until November is True. because they need – well, they, one, they need the body of work. And two, it's just gotten so exhausting from talking heads to just, like, bring up everything – to be about the playoff and just, yeah. Can we just wait? <laughs> Give me yeah. some time. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I think this is one of those things where like, if you have an expanded playoff, like this is the same thing that you have with the NCAA tournament for March madness. Like the more teams you have, the less important that conversation feels not even that the conversation is, but the less important that it feels to fans that it feels to media, like personalities, because you know, you can lose a game. In, you could lose five games in December and you could win out the rest of the year. It doesn't fucking matter. You get like, your season, like literally takes over in that second half. And that's where that conversation really starts. I mean, you could start zero and six and still be bowl eligible, bowl eligible by the end of the season. You could win your conference championship. If everything were to go absolutely perfect for you and start zero and six, like it's, it is possible far shot. So I I'm, a, I'm with you on that thing. I think like, there's just all these like late game conversations that we want to throw in the mix. We want to happen. You just got to cool the conversation down. It's, it's one of those things we're never going to know. And you know, you could have those conversations now, but it's not going to matter. It's going to change. I, for all, you know, Tennessee could be riding high after this and blow it to Tennessee Martin. You never know. (laughs) Well, the the thing too, is that, you know, the college basketball tournament has been expanded for you know years now it used yep. to be only 32 now it's 64 but those those regular season games are still important upsets are still so important like and that's the thing that i don't think people are thinking about when they talk about the, that playoff expansion will make games like that one less important yep. no it won't like yeah <laughs> you're telling me that like just because there's an expanded playoff that if Tennessee happens to lose 16 straight times again to Alabama, that that 17th time when they win, it won't be just as sweet. Like, right. Get out of my face with it. I, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I'm just, I'm tired of people telling me that the games aren't going to matter because everybody builds up to those games on Saturday. And once again, there's still 120 teams now that won't make the the expanded college football playoff yeah. when it comes in a couple of years this game means so much more to more people like dude we obviously st peter's was the biggest story probably right other than unc beating duke twice in the college basketball season but still we had some great games during the stretch like you know there's that arkansas game where they beat uh kentucky i think and they like you know they closed the game off with a huge dunk and yeah like everybody was going crazy like the gonzaga story of them just rolling through everybody like there was some great regular season stories last year and i think it's just people being lazy and saying oh these these games don't matter so i won't watch well i mean you know do what you want but like if you're gonna enjoy the sport you're gonna enjoy the sport no matter how much or how less of it you get 
Yeah. And I, and I agree with that too. And while you brought that point up, I wanted to jump back for a millisecond to UNC. People need to remember, like, I didn't realize this until I looked this up last week. UNC was not ranked in March. Like March 14th was the final ranking of the season before the tournament started. UNC was unranked. They weren't even, I don't even know if they were in the top 30 and they ended up winning the whole thing. So like, I mean, it's one of those things where like, I mean, of course the NCAA tournament being an elimination, you know, setup that it is and how quickly it happens and how many games happen. And you have 64 teams, like technically 60 or 68 given the tournament, you know, structure, but like, it's one of those things where like you, you can't count on these rankings. I mean, I think even the college football playoff, like we, we learned last year as Bearcats fans, you can't count on those rankings until you get into that final week and they give you the final one. Like we were hoping and praying that we just make it in, even though we took care of business with everybody. Like, it's just one of those things where like it's that, that conversation just always ends up droning on and on and on. And it just never actually like gets to a point of mattering until, like you said, those playoff rankings come out. So I'm agree with you on that. Like, I think, I think it's one of those things, but it's just an inherent thing that all fans are going to do. Like you can't avoid it, especially with four teams. Like you said, with, with 12 teams, you have a conversation of like, ah, it's easier to talk it off because more teams are in, but when it's four, like it's, Oh, we're going to get the same shit with the sec again. Oh, it's going to be the same old, same old anywhere. And it's all your brain is thinking about, but regardless, Switching topics, staying on a similar topic. It's nice to see that there's new teams in this weekly mix. Um, and there's a lot of teams that are like actually performing at a pretty high clip. I wanted to real quick go through um, some of these, some of these games. I'm just going to run through it really fast. Obviously you have the 52 49 game. Tennessee takes care of business. Blair's Dixie land delight into the, uh, into the stadium, which is just sweet justice for them. Um, as fans makes that game an instant classic. Um, another big one, 41, 17, Michigan, absolutely demolished and exposed, uh, Penn state. Uh, that's, I mean, I, I talked about that last week as like being a game. that's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, Michigan just proved that coming off a college football playoff, you know, they're still, they're still the same Michigan that they were last year. And I think it's going to take Ohio state for us to see any amount of, uh, measuring stick against what they are this year from last um 42 43 usc couldn't pull it off in salt lake the utes did exactly what i warned last week uh and uh steve i know you mentioned talking about college football dreams and (laughs) hopes usc they're out of it now i mean this is one of those things too where it could be that conversation where it's like all right they had their one loss on the road it's one point but we all know what losses and wins means when it comes down to the grand scheme of things. I think if they beat the hell out of everybody, they win the Pac-12 and they do it really convincingly. I think they've got a shot. But I mean, from what we've seen, if Tennessee keeps on the way they have, Alabama, Georgia, all these teams are undefeated or not undefeated, all have these wins. You know, Alabama's going to sneak in. You know, all these teams are going to sneak in. I think that that conversation for the Pac-12 ends with that game. I could be wrong. Um, 43-40 TCU over OK State, making them 6-0. and College football is fun, folks. It's fun. You have teams like TCU, who last year was not bowl eligible. They were 5-7. and They pick up Sonny Dykes, and now they start off 6-0, and and they have a huge win against, uh, I believe they were 8, right? Number 8, Oklahoma State, winning at home, and they're bowl eligible. 
halfway through their season, which is a thing that they couldn't say at the end of it. So that is a huge, huge change from last year. Um, Kansas, unfortunately, has suffered two straight losses, those being to TCU and now Oklahoma. Not doing so hot over there. Jayhawks on a little bit of a slide. Hopefully, they'll make a comeback. Um, I don't know what the metrics would say for Big 12 championship, but I think there's technically still a possibility that they'd be in it. If they can, if they can get back on right on saddle, I think they could be okay, but I'm not sure. I, can, I don't remember how their divisions work. So I guess they, they don't have divisions, but it's, the, but it's unlikely that there would be more than two teams without one with only with more than one loss. So that, like, they, it's unlikely they're going to make it, unfortunately. And losing Jalen Daniels really hurt them too. So, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and, and another good win, uh, a, a tough, I'm sorry, a tough game for Kansas, uh, Oklahoma, little Oklahoma getting back on the, <laughs> uh, on the side, but Justin real quick, and then we can lead into their game this weekend. But can we talk about the six and zero Syracuse Orange. This is not basketball, folks. <laughs> this is football. Even though they still play at the same right same the arena, next one. <laughs> they, they play this at the same arena, football and basketball. But the football fighting Orange of Syracuse you can't say the, the their old name anymore. But um, the Orange of Syracuse are six and zero. Justin. Yep. It's it's one they of those things where weekend. like, yeah, you you. you I don't, I, I would have never saw this coming. Like I, I, you, yeah. I would have never put money on it. I would have put money on the, I, on the opposite. Like it's, it, it, I cannot fathom. Like, I, I mean, I just don't know anything about Syracuse except Jim, Jim Beheim. Like that's it. <laughs> and, and, and well, of course, and of course, buddy, like of, that's it. That's right, all I know. Right. There's a lot of preseason talk this year too, about maybe their coach being one of the first to be fired other than Auburn. And, you know, a couple mm-hmm. of the other big names that we had talked about, but Hey, they're six and oh, and he might get extended now. So yep. good for him. Um, yeah. But Justin, why don't we lead into this weekend where they are one of our 10 selected games around the country for our patrons and fans to watch this weekend? Yes, sir. Going we don't have into... patrons yet. We don't have a patron, <laughs> but um, maybe soon. Who knows? Yeah. Going into that game. Uh, number 14, Syracuse at number five, Clemson spread 13 and a half. Clemson clearly uh, going to be the favorites there, but little old Syracuse. I think there's some hope. We're going to hold out hope. If you can, you imagine what this would do to Clemson? I mean, I don't even remember. Did Pitt 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 ended up beating Clemson last year, right? If uh, I think so. Yeah. If they didn't beat them, so. somebody who definitely should not have beat Clemson last year beat Clemson, and of course Pitt had a huge year and. You know, Clemson was really out of the conversation Clemson, for the ACC, but Clemson did lose to Pitt. Yes. Yeah. So, with that, you know, with that said, I think this is another one of those big games where it's going to be a measuring stick for Clemson. And honestly, if Syracuse can pull this off, this is going to be a huge, huge upset. And I mean, uh, I just, I, I want to, mm, we're going to, no, we're not, we're not going to bring up, no, that's never mind. College football play. No. No. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> what did I just say? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Next game. Uh, number 17, Kansas State at number eight, TCU. Uh, three and a half point dogs. Honestly, I think this game is going to be another one of those ones where just like with Syracuse, TCU, it's going to be how good are you? Can you hold up week after week after week? I got to say, TCU has a tough schedule, man. They're just like, it's ranked team after ranked team, week in, week out. Um, Kansas State, of course, had a pretty decent win over Iowa State in the battle of who can score more field goals. 
um, who can, you know, who, who can just play defense better. There's no offensive game in the state of Iowa. Uh, I actually had a small little tangent that I'm going to bring up for two seconds here. Iowa, incredible lack of balance. They're like literally almost dead. They might as well be dead last in offensive, you know, uh, skill set. And then for defensive, they're in top five, top 10 range. Like that is the most bewildering disimbalance of anything I've seen. The case, <laughs> the, the case of nepotism there is insane. Like <laughs> that place is out of control. Iowa State started off with three wins. Then they went to four straight losses. All of them won score games. They just can't finish. Kind of sounds like the Bengals. At least the Bengals are able to take care of business, but that's a different story altogether. Um, Regardless, I think for TCU, like I said, this is going to be another big one of these ones where we can see if they can just kind of keep the train rolling, um, if they can, uh, you know, take care of business this weekend. I mean, if they do, they're seven and zero, and I think you know there's a really legitimate conversation for them to like be dominating this league by the end of the season because Baylor just doesn't look like they're it this year. Yep, and uh, you know Iowa State keeps losing one score games. Uh, Nebraska would love to have Matt Campbell because they're used to losing one score games. Yep. That they are, uh, moving on to the next biggest game here. This is, uh, this is a little bit of an interesting one. We've got Indiana at Rutgers. This is the battle for the shit bowl. Uh, (laughs) honestly, this game is going to be, I don't know. This is, this is, let me just give my ugly game. Let me just, there you go. Yeah. Let me just cut right here. That you don't really need to watch this game. I just wanted to point out that <laughs> before this weekend, teams who had played Nebraska were one and twenty-one after playing Nebraska, uh, and that was even when they started winning Nebraska. Like, but this weekend, Georgia Southern got a win and uh, Oklahoma got a win. But for a couple of weeks there, it was real bad. Uh, Rutgers <laughs> and Indiana has also not won after playing Nebraska. So um, it's been a weird, weird time for all the teams that have played Nebraska. Uh, nothing good is coming from playing them. Um, and it, it, I think it's just interesting. Something's got to give. There's got to be a, a fourth win. Like one of these teams who played Rutgers and keeps losing has to win this Saturday. So yeah, that's all I, that's all is, is there. But Indiana, um, they might be headed toward three and nine, man. Uh, they they have a rough schedule headed uh, like rolling up here, and I I don't think they've won uh, since their game against Western Kentucky. So no, nope. um, I don't know. It could it could be getting getting late early for the Indiana Hoosiers. While we're talking about this for just a hot second on Big Ten, I there's one thing that I really wanted to point out for this week that it just blindsided me. Like I the, sneaky like sneaky got into the spot that they're currently in number 18 in the polls. Do you know who that is? Um, I would say that would be, um, we're a big 10 team. Uh, Penn state. No, it is the Illinois fighting Illini. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Illinois is six in one after a absolutely horrid year last year, Illinois, like I don't even know where this came from. Like, I, I get that the Big Ten is like, you know, the Big Ten, you're always going to have tough games, but like Illinois is playing out of their ass right now. Like, I have no idea where this happened. And guess who their one loss is to? One loss. To Indiana. To Indiana. Uh, 23 to 20. Call, they could technically be 7-0. So. The, exactly. They could be another 7-0 team. I just think it's wild. because And their next game, who do they play? Nebraska. 
(laughs) followed by Michigan State, Purdue, Michigan, and Northwestern. There is a legitimate possibility if they can win out other than maybe Michigan here, they they they're going to be in they're going to be the leaders of the west and they're going to be playing in the big 10 championship game so i wanted to point that out real quick because that's just a that's going to be a team to watch for the rest of the season uh moving on here we have number nine ucla at number 10 oregon this is going to be a very uh another i I feel like i keep saying this i'm going to say it a million times but it's a measuring stick game like it's it's how good are you actually ucla we're going to see how good are they actually because UCLA has been taking care of business. They've been getting it done. Chip Kelly has got something rolling out there. They've got it figured out. Oregon, um, you know, clearly has not looked all that bad. They had, you know, their interesting year so far with Bo Nix, but I mean, I don't know. The Georgia game was just like, (laughs) gives you no trust in them, but also shows the separation between the SEC and the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, see, Oregon though, after that game, they've just been rolling and they kind of got lucky in that game against Washington state. But other than that, they've just been kind of rolling ever since. So, um, and you know, this is the game day, uh, site for this weekend and, uh, man, Oregon, uh, for game day, they always make it weird. Like, you know, the, the duck mascot is riding in on a motorcycle or like doing, he was the guest picker one weekend. So, uh, when or, uh, game day was there, uh, at Oregon, so uh, Oregon's a weird place and, uh, that, that game should be a barn burner. Oh, it should. And I, I'm, this is another interesting thing too, because if you look at UCLA schedule right now, they're currently sitting at six and zero. of course they're coming into this Oregon game. They started off with Bowling Green, Alabama state, South Alabama, Colorado, probably the most cake schedule in the entire country. I don't know if it really gets easier than that, that Colorado and Bowling Green are two of the bottom 10 teams in, in NCAA, like FBS, like that, that is for sure. South Alabama and Alabama state. Yeah, it is what it is. But then they follow that with Washington, Utah, and they take care of business in both games, both ranked teams. This is one of those things where I don't know is, are they giving too much credit to the PAC 12? We ask this question every single year. And I think we're just going to continue to ask it as uh, things move forward with the big 12 and all these expansions, but they've got 15, 11 and 10 on the board in a row. If they can manage to beat Oregon and they beat Utah who then beat USC UCLA has a legitimate conversation to also, you know, really be, we're not with the conversation that we're not having that I'm avoiding having the conversation. <laughs> we're not talking about it, but what did I say? But the eyes are raised for the end of the season. That's all we're talking about there. Uh, anyways, important game there. Got the finger wag from Steve. Last one here for me. Uh, number seven, Ole Miss at LSU. Again, another team that is just going to have to prove it's worth. Can you stay up and around with your undefeated or nearly undefeated schedules. This one, Ole Miss is rolling in uh, undefeated, currently sitting at number seven. LSU has proved to be a little bit all over the board. This is Brian Kelly's first season. Not looking awful, not looking necessarily up to expectation for LSU, but it is a year one situation. Um, You can expect that this is going to be a little iffy, but it is a two-point spread. Uh, I would... I don't know. I, I would, I would take, I would definitely take Ole Miss to cover this one. I, I think that they're going to be fine. Personally. I think, think that so? I, I really do. I mean, tell me, tell me why I shouldn't be, tell me why I shouldn't be comfortable. Uh, it's tiger stadium and LSU is weird. That's all. That's well, I, you, and you make a very valid argument with very Ole few Miss's <laughs> best win is a very fluky win against uh, Kentucky where they, 
Kentucky probably should have won that game, but they had an illegal Fair formation enough. penalty on a play where they scored a touchdown. So um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not really a believer in Ole Miss. So um, we'll see. All right. The Bearcats beat Ole Miss by more points than Tulsa. Uh, 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 they beat Tulsa by more points than Ole Miss did. So wow. um, I think they're kind of just they're up there because of their conference and uh, not much else. So I, I don't know. I kind of think they're a little bit fraudulent. We'll see. We'll see. So we're going to take it to the G5 portion of our lovely nation here. Uh, we're going to start in Conference USA with two teams that are going to be moving up to the American next year. Um, I tried to take a little bit of a rivalry spin on my picks this week, Justin. All right, All right. North Texas, the boys from Denton, just north of Dallas, are going to San Antonio. It's the Alamo Dome to play our, our Meep Meep uh, <laughs> Roadrunners from last year. Roadrunners off to a four and two start, still playing all right. Like they had a weird game against Houston. I don't know what their other loss was. I think it was to, no, I'm sorry. It was to Texas. But other yep. than that, they've been rolling ever since. So um, I they, they could easily have a very quiet 10 and two year this year. They've definitely got probably got more talent than the rest of the league does. So yep. I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, next game, Justin, uh, Akron at Kent State uh, is the, uh, the wagon wheel game. Um, uh, and she, uh, sorry, uh, the wagon wheel game is a rivalry game. Uh, Kent State and Akron are separated by about 30 minutes. And um, I know people from both schools. Um, you wouldn't think it's a hated rivalry, but they do not like each other one bit. <laughs> um, so, and they big play for a, like an actual big wagon wheel, like, you know, from old settler times, uh, yep. Oregon Trail type stuff. So, um, <laughs> Kent State is two and five this year, but they are an 18 and a half point favorite for that game against a lowly Akron who was one and six. So do the records don't tell the full story on that. Do we have any reasoning to why that's called the wagon wheel? It just feels like it'd be a more Midwest, lower Midwestern kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. You know what? Um, I'm going to look it up real quick. I mean, obviously both those uh, fan bases are probably big fans of Darius Rucker, but um well that's that's funny so there's also a wagon wheel for byu and utah state but um so wikipedia is saying that um uh the hmm, i'm not really seeing it here um oh okay sorry in 2011 um oh wait no never mind um <laughs> the i guess uh okay after we joined the, the Ohio Athletic Conference in 1944 and the Wagon Wheel Trophy was introduced when the series was resumed in 1946. It was the idea of Raymond Manchester, the Dean of Men at Kent State. That's a weird Dean title. of Men. What a I name. <laughs> what a title. He donated the wheel, claiming it had been discovered in Kent in 1902 during construction of a pipeline of a building near the eventual site of Kent State University. Huh. He connected the wheel to both schools by creating a legend that the wheel had been part of the car, uh, of the carriage of Akron Industrial and of an Akron industrialist um, who was the main benefactor and original namesake goes of what is now the University of Akron. So um, interesting. Uh, his story was that he, uh, the man had been near the future site of Kent State in 1870 while scouting for a site to locate a new college. His carriage became stuck in the mud and his horses pulled it apart with one of the wheels becoming embedded in the mud. Uh, the, in the incident caused uh, the man to ultimately choose Akron of the site of the new college <laughs> um, before Kent state. Again, this is a story. I don't think it was actually a real story, but um, Hey, uh, 
college football rivalry, you just make it up. Why not? You know, <laughs> well, we've Nebraska, had we've had trophies created for less <laughs> conflict. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nebraska and Iowa or uh, no, Nebraska plays somebody, I think Minnesota for the five dollar bits of broken chair trophy. So like there's <laughs> a, we're just making trophies for fun now. Um, next one. Utah State at Wyoming. Uh, Laramie uh, is a cold place to play, especially this time of year. Wyoming is a four and a half point favorite. But I bring this up because this is another game uh, named after a settler. It is the Bridger uh, Battle Bridger Battle, and they play for an actual rifle as the trophy, nice. not a loaded rifle. But uh, wow. there's pictures of players like holding the gun and like uh, pretending <laughs> to shoot it and stuff. So there's a lot of guns in college football. Um, I've UC has a um, UC has like a uh, a cannon, but maybe we need to look at some guns too. I, but maybe not. But uh, moving on, um, South Alabama is a three point favorite at Troy, uh, and this is a Thursday night game going up against the NFL this week. But it's two stinky teams in the NFL: Eagles and uh, sorry, Saints and Cardinals. Don't watch that game. Watch this game. This is the battle for the belt. And Justin, this actually started because South Alabama is a relatively new program, started about a decade ago. Uh, and Troy has been playing for years and years, but they're not too far apart either. Um, and they're now in the same conference. And it's, uh, if you didn't know, Troy is also in Alabama. Uh, it's uh, it's in Troy, Alabama. Uh, South Alabama is in Mobile where the Senior Bowl is. Those two are close enough and they, they don't really like each other either. And uh, South Alabama's kind of come up on Troy's turf a little bit. Troy's got more history, obviously, but South Alabama has been the better team the last couple of years. And they play for a big wrestling style belt with the state of Alabama outlined uh, on the middle. So Perfect. it's awesome. <laughs> and then finally, um, we're ending with the American. Um, this isn't really a rivalry game other than that the game has been played a few times, but uh, Memphis takes a trip down to the Bayou to play at Tulane at Yeoman Stadium. The Green Wave are a seven point favorite at home. Uh, the Green Wave are becoming a little bit of the media darlings for the group of five. Um, oh, that they we are. About, we've talked about it in uh, Viva the Cats how much we love the Green Wave and love their <laughs> mascot. And also we've talked about how they're competing with the Bearcats for that group of five New Year's Six Bowl spot this year. But um, I'm interested to see what happens. Memphis just lost another tough, tough road game last week against uh, East Carolina where they lost in four overtimes. Ryan Silverfield apparently has only one true road win since he became Memphis's head coach in 2020, um, which, uh, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to start counting up wins and losses. And uh, yep. if, if this could be one where if he wins this game, it could definitely save his, his job for at least one more year. But oh, yeah. Memphis is probably looking around and like, you know, if you're, we're not really here to go six and six, we're trying to be a lot better, especially in a new league, where we don't have Memphis, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Houston, or or uh, UCF in the league anymore. You can so, pretty much guarantee um, that they're shopping around right now. Yeah, 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 definitely. And you know, I, I, I almost an anxiety bowl for Memphis. And obviously, Tulane playing at home, playing great right now. They have the upper hand; they're favored. But I'm interested to see what Memphis does this weekend. I'm agreeing with you on that one. Um, I have one final thing before we wrap up here. Uh, this is, this is the thing that I want to make a weekly thing. I think we kind of touched on it last week, but, uh, this is going to be my ass bowl of the week. Uh, <laughs> the, the clearly not Indiana the, Rutgers, not Indiana Rutgers. Uh, unfortunately, this would be quite possibly the worst game of the week. That is going to be the least entertaining to watch. It's going to be FIU 
playing Charlotte in Charlotte. FIU is currently two and four. Charlotte is one and six. This is they're both uh, winless in their conference, which is the Conference USA. Uh, I I don't see how you could possibly find any amount of entertainment in this game. <laughs> There's always going to be one that I have to pick every week, and this one just clearing away, I think, is the winner for me. That might be on the uh, pillow fight of the week of the year uh, this this week for the oh, bottom yeah. ten. Shout out to Ryan McGee, love it's that article be. every week. Um, but yeah, um, and then Charlotte's moving up to the American next year, and uh, they are. And I don't think they're going to be very good. So it's it's maybe- really terrifying to see how much the Americans going to dumb down next year. <laughs> yeah. FIU also had some sweet uniforms last week. Well, yeah, it was their regular uniforms, but they painted their field and made some new helmet decals with the Miami vice colors. And that was that super was, cool. That was that super was awesome. cool. They took the old uh, Miami heat approach that they had there. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they lost, but you know, <laughs> they still look cool doing it. I love, I love the transition there. Uh, so cool. They lost. Uh, anyways, uh, there's no difference between them and the Bearcats because clearly uh, we can put on a f- cool show at home, make a nice uh, set of uniforms, and not win them either. So, uh, of course, that's basketball, but we'll get to that later. Anyways, <laughs> thank you guys for checking out uh, this week's edition of Campus Kings. Uh, like I said, we're going to try to keep this up every week um, and hopefully grow it out into a little bit more of an independent thing. But uh, we have fun doing this. We have fun doing Viva the Cats might as well keep them split up as much as we can. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, keep an eye out on those games and we'll see what happens. Uh, we've had pretty much the most fun week of college football every single week this so far this year. Don't know if this one's going to be able to top it after last week, but you never know. Maybe there'll be something exciting out there. So take care guys and talk to you next week. Have a good one.